Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, in the summertime here, after a big new iOS release like we have at WBDC every year, um, one of the decisions that we have to face as developers is when upgrading our existing apps to the new OS. Uh, and and even if you assume that you're only writing to the new OS and you, and you don't have to worry about like you know iOS 10 compatibility, and we'll talk about that later, deciding what of the new OS to adopt at all. And so this could take various forms. You know, this is both new styles of the UI that the system apps pioneer or that the APIs make available to you, um, and also down to things like API choices. Um, because every time a new OS comes out, not only are there usually new styles you can take advantage of, but there's also usually new APIs that you could use that you might have already implemented manually in some way in your app in the past, and now there's a new system way to do it. And so there's always the question of whether you adopt that for your app and dump your custom thing or not, because it isn't always an easy decision. So I think first we want to start out with the uh, style element here. iOS 11 actually did not introduce a lot of new styling, as as we had predicted it might, Um, but it did introduce one that will affect almost every app I know of that's not a game, uh, which is the new iOS 11 navigation bar style with the giant, big, bold, uh, black text as the title. And then maybe an integrated search box, which is nice. Um, but that big, bold black text with the big white gap above it is very different from all previous navigation bar styles. And, you know, the navigation bar is an element that almost every, you know, productivity style or like non-game app, like there's a pretty good chance it uses a navigation bar somewhere in it. And so this affects lots of people, lots of apps. And the question is, do you, like, you know, like Overcast has a navigation bar, you know, David, many of your apps do as well. The question is, like, do you, do you change your app's look? to look like this yeah and it's tricky i think this one in particular is i find i've been struggling with it um so much because i don't really like the new nav bar yeah neither do so, i so like ios 7 in some ways i'm thinking it was just like another example of like the big you know big wholesale ui changes um I liked a lot of them. In fact, I liked them so much because they made my apps look better in comparison to the other apps because I didn't need, you know, complicated, rich, detailed textures and dimensionality and things. I could get rid of a lot of that and make a lot of progress. Whereas this one, it's like I I sort of I sort of like it sometimes, but the way that the nav bar is designed to like interact with scrolling and things, I find really awkward and clumsy. Um and I sort of like I like the feel but not so much like it's growing on me a little bit i've been trying to as as i've been updating uh pedometer plus plus this last week i've been making some changes that to try it out and i kind of like where it's going but i don't really like their implementation and so then i'm kind of in this place now where i'm starting to think like should i build my own navigation bar (laughs) the answer to that is almost always no it's almost it's probably is no right but it's like it's this weird question because i don't really like the way that if you have you know a like it starts big and then as you scroll up it gets smaller but it doesn't like shrink it just sort of like jumps from one size to the other which maybe it's just a beta thing but it seems like that's kind of the way it's designed to work but it's it's a struggle and i think moreover um that style of ui will only fit in in like i would need to make other changes to the ui of my apps you know holistically to fit that kind of style um like if you look at the music app which is probably the best place to kind of on ios 11 the best place to look at this you know it's 
if you have this big bold nav title on that's sort of left aligned in most places, um, you kind of then want if you have se- section headings and things that are subsequently down the page, you probably want them to be big, big bold and left aligned, um, and it kind of give, lends this this look to it that's different and. On the one hand, I kind of want to update my apps to look like that, mostly because you know it's I I'm not as confident enough in my own design prowess to sort of like stand my own ground and be like absolutely you know I'm I'm better than where iOS is you know the, the system designers are saying that the apps should sort of be heading and most of my apps too are things that are designed to fit in you know they're not super over, they're not super custom uis they tend to feel fairly native uh, and in many ways kind of my goal for a lot of my apps is to feel like they are a system app like that is sort of my high level design um goal and so it's definitely kind of a weird f- place to find myself um, but like, I'm still kind of stuck right now on whether or not I should do it, um, in this case. Yeah. I'm, I'm also still pretty undecided on the nav bar thing. I, I too do not like it, uh, you know, upon first glance and I'm trying to figure out cause you know, when they, when they, when they make changes like this, and I mentioned this before, so I'll make it brief, but when they make changes like this, it's hard to know whether this is something that only Apple apps will ever adopt or whether this is going to become the new expected standard for all apps. Um, sometimes these things are only Apple apps, you know, in practice. And so this, and if you, if you do something that's only Apple apps at best, your app looks boring at worst, it seems like you're trying to rip off Apple's apps. (laughs) So it's, I'm not sure. Should I have a giant title on my home screen that says overcast like that? I don't, I don't know if that's the right move or not. It doesn't seem right to me right now, but, uh, I am going to play with things a little bit more throughout the summer. Yeah, and I think also it's probably something that I have in the back of my mind is obviously Apple has a much better sense of the hardware roadmap going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's really complicated too. And as I'm trying to think about design changes, to, you know, it's like, I can't, like, you end up like double and triple guessing yourself because you're sort of like, well, are they doing it this way? Because on a future bit of hardware, this design will feel at home and make sense. Um, and, if they are, then like in some ways I can get a jump start on taking advantage of that if I kind of go where they're kind of leading. Or it could just be that just happens to be what they like and they're trying it now and like it's this is the style for iOS eleven and then maybe in iOS twelve it'll change again. And like that ambiguity is a little weird. I mean it's sort of like there's just like these emphasis this year um on sort of safe edges on the side of the screen and a an overall emphasis on vertical space like making it not particularly at a premium which is like maybe so are we talking this you know the the widely rumored like edge-to-edge phone that's super long like maybe i don't know but it's i kind of feel like if i if i when i start looking for clues i can start seeing clues but then i start wondering am i just making this stuff up yeah. The other thing to think about, too, is like, what if they change their mind really quickly on this? You know, this is based on it, it basically looks as though the style that they've been kind of pounding out with Apple Music has now taken over the whole OS. Um, and Apple Music is not a very well designed app. And so th- there's there's two other possibilities here. Maybe this is a bad design. 
You know, like Apple, not everything Apple designs is good. Sometimes it doesn't work out and they change it in the next version. And Apple Music has done that many times so far uh, because they tried to cram a lot of functionality into one app and it's very hard to design. Uh, and so there is the distinct possibility that this is really just this year's fad and that it'll be different in 12, as you said. And if that's true, then it might not be worth wasting time switching all your whole UI to this if it's going to change in a year. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, in, in reality too, is it's like our, like sw- switching back and forth is almost certainly going to be confusing, um, to like, in terms of from a customer experience perspective, obviously like their other apps are changing in this mm-hmm. case. And so it might feel more reasonable to like change. And if it changes again, um, but all at the same time, it's like if they change again in iOS 12 and they kind of go all even more all in on this, like this is just like stage one of, right. you know, giant, bold text everywhere. And you're even more if, behind. Like then you're two years behind and then you're kind of that's an even more abrupt jump for your users. If suddenly you're like, you know, I really need to get rid of all my, you know, small, pitiful um, headers. I need to go to these gigantic headers like. It's a weird thing to play find myself, but it's like I think right now, like if I had to make a, make a call, I'm leaning towards mostly adopting the new look, um, and just mostly hoping that in doing so, I'm you know my, my future self will thank me for uh, being ahead of this, and rather than finding myself either this fall when there's some new hardware announcement or something where like now this makes a lot of sense. Um, or just down the road as the years go on that if I don't, I'm not like building this sort of design technical debt, um, mm-hmm. that I'm eventually going to have to pay off, um, that I can't just kick down, you know, sort of kick down the can for, for years and years. Cause if I look back now at an iOS six app, I, you know, I look at that and it's like, oh man, this is, it looks really out of place. And maybe that's any, in six months, that's not going to feel out of place, but maybe in a year it will. Um, and then I'm just like digging myself into a hole by trying to hold on to the past. Yeah. And and the other problem, though, is that your users might resist change in your app. And this is something that we'll get to in the second half of this. Uh, but first, we are sponsored this week by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime helps tech talent such as us, software developers, data scientists, simplify their job search and land their dream job. Candidates get immediate exposure to the best companies, which is one simple application to Indeed Prime. And companies on Indeed Prime's exclusive platform message the candidates with salary right up front, and the average software developer gets five employer contacts with an average salary offer of $125,000 a year. Indeed Prime is 100% free for candidates with no strings attached. So sign up now at Indeed.com slash Prime. Once again, it's 100% free for job candidates. So sign up now at Indeed.com slash Prime. Thank you very much to Indeed Prime for sponsoring this show. So we talked about you know this this UI question we have now, and and I have I have a couple of uh, blurry lines on on the way to the API discussion. Uh, one of them for me, probably the big one for me that I'm facing with Overcast is I spent a lot of time in Overcast 3.0 developing a custom full time table view reordering method where you can you can drag around the manual order of playlist entries uh, using a permanent little drag handle on the right side of the table cell. This was a ton of work and hacks and everything else, and I finally did get it working, and it mostly works. There's a few edge case bugs that are really hard to find and fix, um, but for the most part, it works. And there's a nice little visible handle there, so it's obvious that you can do that, and it's fast to just instantly you know, tap it and move something up. 
iOS 11 introduces a standard drag-and-drop API. One of the things it can do, part of what it does, is offers full-time reordering to supported table views. And I'm really torn on whether I should dump my old custom implementation and move to this new one. And this is something, I, I faced this a lot over the years with Instapaper. You know, one of the examples I had with Instapaper was um, when they added a system dictionary. That, that apps could call that apps could bring up a dictionary pop-up controller um, I had been shipping my own dictionary in the app and so my app binary was like you know five megs worth of dictionary uh, and, and then the rest of it so so like it was a big part of the app binary I had to write all this dictionary code um, and I had my own little dictionary pop-ups and the, def- the definitions I forget where I was pulling them from I think it was wiktionary or something so some, some kind of free source um, so they were okay but they weren't great and my UI wasn't great. Um, but it was, you know, done, basically. And then Apple started shipping theirs. And I decided to make it an option. And you can use the system dictionary if you want, or you can use my old one. And that was totally the wrong move in retrospect, because the system one looked nicer. It worked better. It had a better source for definitions. It required almost no code in my app to invoke. And if I would have only shipped the system one, it would have dramatically reduced the size of my binary. Instead, though, for a while, I think I eventually did remove it, but for a long, for I think a couple of years, I just did both and made it an option. And this was just the worst of everything. This was now I'm maintaining two different code paths. I have this option cluttering up my settings screen and making the app, you know, look more complicated for people uh, and losing my my own dictionary support. It was a feature loss to remove that eventually, but that was a feature that almost nobody cared about. So. All the advantages of using the system one and dumping the one I had written and been maintaining, I could have had those advantages earlier because really nobody cared about my implementation of this feature. So when I look back at Overcast's reordering handle problem, I made a pro and cons list. Yeah. The, the pros of replacing my drag and drop thing with the new drag and drop API, and this, this applies to so many things, is that you know first of all, new users coming to the app will expect your app to work in a standard system way. And so anything you do that, that deviates from the system is going to cause probably some usability hurdles for some people, for maybe for a lot of people. And it also might make your app look old or weird or different. And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes, in many ways, you want that in, you know, in certain things, uh, but it's hard to walk that balance and it's risky. Um, so the, the safest thing to do is to make your app behave like the system apps in things like basic UI control. Um, also, if I switch to the built-in one i can dump all that buggy code um it's it, it's a huge set of hacks th- that to make mine work uh and, and it does as i mentioned it does occasionally cause ui bugs uh, and then i could also the, the new api is also better than mine in that you can enable things like multi-episode drag so you can you can like you know pick one up and then you can tap a few additional episodes to add to a drag to maybe move like five episodes at once to the top of a list or you can even keep holding that down hit back, back out of that playlist, and maybe drop them onto a new playlist. Like, you can do so much cool stuff with a new API that mine will never be able to do. The other, the other major thing is that if I wouldn't have my drag handle on the right side anymore, then I can replace that with a play button, a one-touch play button, which ever since 3.0 made the cells not play by default when you tap them, people have been begging for this. And it's, it's, it's been this massive controversy in my user base uh, and getting lots of one-star reviews over it and lots of people who are unhappy about it. And if I could devote like the, the right quarter of the cell to just a big play button, 
but still have the left three quarters of it be the you know bring up the menu thing and then move the info button into that menu where the play button was i feel like i could solve a lot of problems for people however this would be a ui change and like any ui change you make some people will be angry and will leave one star reviews for years to come and i mentioned this on twitter last week and i think people didn't quite believe me when i change something in the ui or if i ever remove a feature it some people are so mad about that that every single time I update the app, they will go and update their one-star review to make sure it's always on top. This is a real thing that people do. <laughs> and if like if it was just one person ever who did that, okay, you know, you, you can't please everybody. But because it's a, a, a small crowd that does that for pretty much everything I ever do, those actually add up. So if I have something in the app that is constantly angering old users of the app for some reason, uh, that actually really does affect, I think, my downloads. Because especially with the new app store only showing one review at a time and making it very hard to see that there are even more that you can swipe between, um, if, the, if the most helpful review at, at any given time is one of these one-star angry ones about a feature removal I did you know, three years ago, that actually could really hurt downloads of the app. So... Anything you can do to not anger people too much while also not making your product bad is usually a good idea. Um, so a big con for me for changing my drag and drop to the system UI would be that it would be a change and it would generate more of these people. Um, the new one also, which is kind of annoying for me, the, the system control is slower to activate. You know, mine, you tap that drag handle and you can immediately move it. The system one, you got to tap and, and wait a second. It's, al- it's almost like a long press. You got to like tap, and then a second later, it kind of lifts up if you're still holding. And then you can drag it around. So th- there's a slight delay. Um, but then the other thing is, like, once someone learns that in any, in any app in the system, then they will know how to do it in all apps that support it. And I know that this isn't, this isn't always that strong of a correlation. Like, things like the edit button in table view corners Almost no one ever taps that. They don't know what it means. And, and you know anything buried behind the edit button might as well be invisible. Um, so some things it doesn't work out for. But you know, drag and drop is already a power user feature. Reordering playlists is already, unfortunately, a power user feature, even though I've supported it since 1.0. And I really wish people would do it more often. The fact is they don't do it that often. <laughs> so so uh, you know, there is some benefit to have it be the new one and, and to have people only have to learn that once in the system. And... What kind of pushes me over the edge on this, and the reason I'm probably going to switch to the new one and dump my old one, is that you think about what would you do if you were starting over from scratch? If you had a brand new app, and you can apply this thinking to pretty much any of these changes, the style, API, whatever. If I had a brand new app, what would I, how would I do it? If there was no legacy user base to worry about, I had no legacy code written yet. And there's no question I would do the system one. I would not write my own. I would definitely do the system one for this because my own is not better enough and it's actually in some ways worse. So I would definitely use the system one. And that also means that any new competitor that comes around, not only will they not have to write yours, (laughs) they won't have to write your big hack, but they will also use the system one. And so you're going to be competing more and more against the system implementation of these things as you go. And, and you're going to be competing against apps that look and work like the system apps more often. So, you know, it, you, can look at, you can look at a lot of decisions and, that try to avoid, like, the sunk cost issues and say, like, okay, well, if I was starting clean, how would I do it? And the answer is usually, you know, this new better way. So I think that's probably the answer here. Even though 
it, it will hurt in the short term, and it might cause some people to get mad at me and leave one-star reviews forever. Uh, I think overall the app would be better if it used the new system way. And overall, I'm going to need to do that to, to be competitive now and in the future. So I should do that. Yeah, because I think like, hearing you unpack all of that, it's like the thing that comes to mind is that ultimately it's you, like the way you're talking is such that the new version is better um, than your current version. Although, but um, not in all ways. Remember, like the, it has that small delay, which actually drives me nuts. But in, in a lot of other ways, it's better. Sure. It, it, it's better in ways that you, a, a significant number of your users would appreciate and be able to benefit from. You'd be deleting a lot of code. Like there's some, some clear wins that you can take advantage of. And at the end of the day, like hostage star driven development is almost certainly a bad idea. <laughs> um, like like I, I know exactly where you're coming from with the feeling of like, it's so frustrating. It can be so frustrating where a, a small, a vocal small minority of users can um, have an out, and it's just sort of an, an oversized impact on the way your app appears in the app store. Like that is really unfortunate. But the reality is, like, and this is something that I have to keep reminding myself too: is that in order for if if my if my business, you know, and I hope it is, like, is an is is has longevity, the majority of my users are still to come. You know, as mm-hmm. as big as the app uh, may be at this point, hopefully more people will download it from, you know, today forward than, um, you know, today going back. Because if that isn't the case, you know, then the app is slowly dying and like that's it could be OK, but it's not the best. Um, whereas if it's going if it's going up and if it's getting better, then what I want to do is make choices today that are going to make the experience better for the future user and you know in this case like deleting a bunch of code like is better probably mostly just insofar as you don't have to maintain your old version anymore and especially something that's kind of like hacky and yeah. non-standard that ios i maybe ios 10 or you know in ios 11 maybe it doesn't get broken right away but maybe it gets broken in a different in a different update and some random update you know, down the road, suddenly your thing just completely doesn't work and you didn't install, you know, 11.1.2's beta, so you didn't <laughs> realize that it was broken and then suddenly it doesn't work at all. Whereas shifting to something that is system supported and, you know, is this is the new like way that Apple is pushing us to use, you avoid that situation. So there's always that too in the background that like, in general, if the more you can kind of just like pay off these technical debts, like get just deal with it right now, and then your future self will likely appreciate that, um, almost certainly. And there'll be some people who are angry or grumpy, but you know, it's like unless you at a certain point, I mean, this I've kind of had to just make peace with the fact that either my app is going to get better over time, and in doing so, will have a ever increasing number of grumpy people like that number will go up <laughs> as over time the law of a long-running app yeah like it, it, it I, that is either what's going to happen the app is going to get better yep. and at the same time there's also going to be more and more grumpy people or the app is going to stay the same and there are and there are probably going to be fewer and fewer people overall that's a good point yeah like one of those two scenarios is probably going to happen and hopefully the rate of new people that you're able to gain by making your app better and better and better will you know f- far outweigh the you know the proportion of grumpy people over time and 
that's probably a better place to be. Like that is a, a, a mindset of that. It's like a growth mindset that I want the app to be as the best thing it can possibly be and just ignore as much as we can what's going on in the past and just say, you know what? Like it's going to annoy some people. It's like, great. You know, you know who I want to make happy? A, I want to make me happy because if I'm not happy with the app, like if I'm annoyed by it or there's lots of old code that I'm having to deal with and work around, like that's not good for anybody because then I don't want to make the, I don't want to work on it. I don't want to dive into it. I'm probably going to be, in my case, I'll probably be more apt to, you know, get, get, get my attention shifted to something else. It's like, ooh, look, ARKit's shiny. Let me just dive over there and try work, start working on our ARKit apps and just start ignoring these apps. And like, that's not good. I want to, you know, in theory, it's like, if I want this app to be exciting for me to develop, like that's good for the customer. And then hopefully it's also good for the customer and the app is just getting better and better. And so like, yeah, it's, Oh, these things, these these situations, like every summer, it almost feels like it's this new challenge. But the reality is, we've probably been fighting this battle for years and years, and it's just this this every year the same thing comes up of this feeling of like, oh, you know, should I go for it and should I not? But I'm pretty sure, like I think I think history has shown me that I probably should. And you know, it's like in the same way that at the moment you said you left an option to do the old way yeah. um, in Instapaper. My immediate like giant alarm bells go off and it's like, no, no, no. Like that is the worst. You but have, yeah, instead of that's getting never the, the right like, decision. The, yeah. It's like, instead of having the best of both worlds, it's like, it's, it's like you actually end up with like the worst of both worlds. Yep. Cause now like you get none of the benefits and all of the drawbacks. Yeah, exactly. And, and all the, your users will all request that. Like they will all say, oh, can you just make it an option? Just give me back the old way. Make it an option. And no. The answer is always no. That is not good for the app. And so let's, I think this, you, we can kind of wrap this up with one of the questions that indie developers face most often every summer when, when new iOS shiny stuff comes out, which is when can I drop support for the old OS so I can start building stuff exclusively around the new APIs? In, in some cases it's pretty much impossible to use the new stuff unless you break compatibility and, and unless you start requiring the new OS, like, you know, on day one or whatever. Like, you know, some of the, some of the more fundamental UI things, you pretty much can't, like, you know, conditionally enable in, in any reasonable way that doesn't involve keeping around, like, a whole copy of your old app in the binary. Uh, so, which, by the way, people will sometimes request that, too. Don't do that. Uh, but anyway, um, and, and I think if you apply everything we've just said to this question... You know, different apps have different needs and and different requirements. If you're a consultant and you're making apps for people who, for, you know, like a big company that needs to support as many people as possible, well, then you have a different, you know, set of constraints there. But if you're making indie apps yourself and and if if you're just making apps like selling directly and you don't have to answer to, you know, the needs of some big company that has to serve millions of people and everything, uh, then I would say the choice is very clear. For all of the reasons we just talked about using new APIs, you can also say, you know what, I can just work with the newest OS. Like, I can, I can make my app require the newest OS, you know, at or near the newest OS's release. So, you know, at or near the fall. And you can have all the benefits, all the benefits that somebody would have if they had no legacy. If they had, you know, no existing users to make one-star reviews, if they had no legacy code that they, have, that they had to maintain, or no sunk cost fallacy with the things they wrote in the past... You can apply all that same logic to the question of, should I dump iOS 10 support and require iOS 11 as soon as possible, and that way I can use all this new stuff? The answer for indies is usually, yes, you can. Yeah, and I think, too, like I, the, the biggest thing that I like where I've ended up is that you want to, if supporting old OSs is holding you back in any way, yeah. 
almost certainly just drop the old OS and move forward. Um, if like if it there is if there isn't this clear like obvious thing where you need to do it, like don't just do it for fun because in at least in the short term, it probably slightly slows you know slows down your um, your your downloads potentially just insofar as like you know now your app is compatible with a smaller percentage of the user base but it's one of these things that if at any point you're like oh i wish i could do this but ios compatibility then it's like all right that's it conversations over drop drop support for the old os and just plow forward um like as soon as you hit that point you'd run into it um, but one thing I will also mention to just be thoughtful of, um, and this is my, from my bias as a watch developer that I want to mention, be very thoughtful about how you do it um, between iOS and watchOS. Oh, yeah. Because things can get really crazy if you support, like, in this case, watchOS 4, but still iOS uh, uh, 10. You can end up finding some very funny places that people won't be able to, like, if some, the person who stays then on iOS 10 can then never install your watch app and it actually just like gets deleted off their watch and things like yeah, or like or somebody t- sent me off too like if you if you make a version if you make the same version upgrade the requirement for both ios and watch os then when that version gets installed on someone or like when that when that person upgrades to ios 11 and that version of your app gets installed if they haven't upgraded their watch yet it'll get uninstalled from the watch yes <laughs> so something to keep in mind not great yeah. but in general be aggressive it's fine like every time i've been aggressive i've been worried and it's never turned out to actually be a problem yeah and with that we're out of time this week thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye